Welcome to Property Unpacked, the podcast that unpacks the hot topics of property and explores how they affect you. I'm your host, Alice Stoltz. Today, we're looking at house prices and how they have shifted over the last few months. That how COVID-19 will affect residential property prices remains unclear. Australia's biggest home lender is right. A prolonged downturn could see house prices crashing by 32%. NOB warns a double-digit plunge in Melbourne and Sydney as the coronavirus crisis tightens its grip on our broken economy. There has been a lot of speculation about dropping house prices as a result of the pandemic. But now the data is in and the time has come to take a comprehensive look at how prices have really changed over this period. Later on in the show, we'll be looking at Melbourne's second citywide lockdown and the impact it's having on the real estate market. We'll be talking to Domain's Emily Power about how buyers, sellers and agents are all adjusting. But first, with me to discuss the latest results of the Domain Quarterly House Price Report is Senior Research Analyst, Dr Nicola Powell. Nicola, hello. Thank you for joining me. Hello. So, Nicola, this is perhaps the most hotly anticipated Domain House Price Report, I suspect, well, certainly within my time at Domain. What is the overarching trend of how prices have fared during COVID-19? It certainly is an anticipated uh, report. I think, you know, we've all been thinking about the falls that could be recorded due to the economic fallout of COVID-19. But what I would say is that prices have fallen across most of our capital cities, but the depth of the fall has actually been quite minimal to date when you you know consider the economic impact that we've seen uh, due to the coronavirus. Mm. That's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously early on during the pandemic, there were some expert commentators really coming out with really bold and alarmist figures around them, what that drop would be. So let's drill it down in what has actually happened, knowing that we do have hard evidence today. Um, can you give us a quick overview on what of what is covered off in this latest house price report, perhaps around the country? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, we're looking at the quarter on quarter movements from March, which really is kind of pre-coronavirus to June. And that's really what we focused on uh, in this report. Now, most of our capital cities have declined. Uh, the biggest shifts have been coming out of Sydney and Melbourne. But we are still seeing some capital cities grow. I think for me, the standout performer was certainly Canberra, uh, followed by Adelaide. And even though uh, Hobart is still recording price growth, I think the momentum in that market has certainly stalled in light of COVID-19. And if we focus now on that drop in Melbourne and Sydney, how substantial was that in each of those cities? So Melbourne saw the biggest decline compared to Sydney. Uh, Sydney saw about a 2% revision prices over the quarter. Mm -hmm. These two cities certainly have a greater exposure to fall in investment activity. When you have a look at all of the states and territories, New South Wales and Victoria has the highest participation rate of investor activity compared to the other states. And we have seen a pullback in investor activity. So I think that has impacted both Sydney and Melbourne the most. And also these two cities have a greater exposure to overseas migration. And Mm. we've obviously seen a demand shock occur. We've seen our international borders closed. So that has really impacted the demand from overseas migration into these two cities. So Nicola, obviously the most profound drop has been seen in Melbourne. Is that at all to do with the more severe and harder lockdowns that that that, that city did experience compared to the rest of the country? I think what we've seen for Melbourne 
Melbourne is it has been disproportionately affected by demand shocks in employment and migration. What mm. we saw, uh, when you look at the change in payroll jobs from mid-March to mid-June, Victoria saw the largest decline. So that is certainly affecting that market. It's not unusual for Melbourne to outpace Sydney in terms of price growth, but also in terms of price falls. So I think that that's what we're seeing now. It's just, you know, leading the the, the falls um, in this current, current market. Mm. And have any cities seen really decent growth during this period? Definitely Canberra houses. They did mm. see quite a substantial increase over the quarter. What we've seen for Canberra is they've broken 800,000 for the first time. House prices are at a record high in Canberra. I think Canberra is in a little bit of a bubble. Um, It's certainly not felt the economic impact to the same extent as our other cities. Though the jobless rate has risen, it was the lowest out of all of our states and territories prior to COVID, and it remains the lowest. And also it's supported by a high proportion of public sector employment. Mm. And really those job losses have been minimal today. And there's a lot of industries in Canberra that also support the public sector. So I think that's what's helping Canberra through the Mm. economic turmoil of COVID. And Nicola, what does this actually mean for buyers and sellers who are thinking about transacting at the moment? Like, you know, how can buyers and sellers apply this latest data? It's always, uh, I suppose, a bit nerve-wracking for buyers and sellers if you're seeing prices fall backwards. But I think, you know, if you're buying and selling in the same market, one counterbalances the other, I think is the headline. Um, But I think it does depend upon the stage of your housing journey. I think perhaps for retirees, they may see uh, be be hardest hit because obviously if they're trying to cash out of their home, they may achieve less than what they anticipated. But I think for many, it's an opportunity, Mm. firstly for first home buyers, those that have that job security, it gives them the opportunity to purchase. There's a number of initiatives that will help first home buyers get onto the property ladder. Obviously, we've got the home builder initiative from the government. There's the first home loan deposit scheme as well from the federal government. But there's also a variety of state-based incentives uh, from grants to wavering stamp duty. Well, and also record low interest rates. Absolutely. It certainly helps support the affordability of purchasing. But I think it's also those looking to upsize. So when we have a look at downturns, what we tend to see, particularly coming out of Sydney and Melbourne, is the upper end of the market leads the downturn. So I think for those looking to upsize, what we may see is it has become a little bit more affordable Mm. because we're seeing prices fall more steeply for that higher end of the market. So I do think there are opportunities. Obviously, care needs to be taken when you're purchasing in a falling market, but those opportunities do exist, particularly when you have a look at the number of incentives that are currently at play. Mm. Now, Nicola, I'm going to ask you probably the trickiest question of the day based on this latest data set that we've got. What trends do you anticipate for the rest of the year ahead? So price falls to date have been minimal. I think we're anticipating a peak to trough fall of around 10%. There are risks that still remain, but those risks become greater once we we reach what's been deemed that economic uh, cliff. Um, And that's when we see the tapering of those uh, fiscal stimulus measures. But I think the good thing is they have been extended. um, So we're 
we're seeing JobKeeper being extended. We've also seen banks extending the mortgage pause uh, for those that are under financial strain. Um, so I think we will continue to see price falls. I think they will be uh, minimal. They've been minimal to date. But I think what's most interesting is I think we will see a change in trends. What mm. we have seen is this pandemic has introduced remote working, you know, forcibly. So I think we're all changing our view on the way we live our lives. And obviously, that's going to change where we purchase. I think the proximity of a workplace is going to become less important in home purchases. So uh, I think what we will see is an increase in uh, regional area purchases, particularly if we continue to see uh, remote working. But I also think maybe for some, it might mean living on the urban fringe where they can purchase a larger home, have that larger backyard and perhaps split their time between the office and home. So I do think uh, we are going to see some changing trends ahead. Mm. Nicola, that was really fascinating. So obviously, as you said, some fantastic news for um, first-time buyers. And also, if you're an opportunist out there, it could be the right time to sort of take the plunge. But um, certainly interesting times ahead. And it's a really interesting data set that you've put out there. So thank you so much for explaining it to us today, Nicola. Thank you, Alice. Now we're going to hear from some Melbourne real estate agents about how they're managing in Melbourne's second citywide lockdown. Hi, Chris Hassel here, Director of the Buxton Bentley Office. Funny times we're in, but we've been able to navigate through by being able to adapt to different ways we're doing things. We've got the online auction option, but we've chosen to do more for sale by set date. And what we found is our time on market has gone from probably being about 28 days to probably like 10 to 15 days. We're still able to get that competition. It's just that buyers are out there not needing to wait four weeks. We've got a bit of a saying in the office, it's not how long the property's been on the market, it's how long the buyers have been in the market. We've been restricted to one-on-one appointments, which I've really enjoyed because we've found that we're just dealing with the top five or 10% of the market, which are the ones that are ready to buy if they see the right one and uh, actually wanting to buy, the strike rate's a lot higher. Pre the COVID, we had a lot of vendors ready to sell. And then when the COVID really set in, a lot of these people went onto the fence and they were sitting on the fence just waiting to see what happened. Some put their properties on the market and sold really well. These successful results are encouraging more vendors, giving them confidence. Hi, my name's Kevin Choksi from Ray White in Cheltenham. I'm the director and chief auctioneer for the company. When the first lockdown happened, no one really knew what happens next. This time, there is definitely a lot less panic. My background's IT, so two years ago, we made a decision to move our entire business on the cloud. Our auctions have all been live streamed for the last two years. So we already had everything in place. It was just a, you know, a few little adjustments. One of the things we used to do on a street auction is each um, team player would be placed with a bidder so they could assist the bidder through the bidding process. What we did with the virtual auctions is essentially every team member that's present, they will call every single bidder prior to the auction starting. It also just explains them the process to say, of course, we can't be next to each other, but over the phone, I'll be assisting you with the process, what numbers to press, what sort of nomination the auctioneer, which is me, I'll be asking for. Um, we still have a laugh, a joke. It's not easy for an auctioneer because there's no crowd response. <laughs> but we still try and keep it as much as we can, just like a straight auction. I think the first lockdown taught 
taught us a lot of things. So we're excited in the sense that the opportunities that got wasted, we knew that we could take them and, and use, utilize them better this time around. Well, the coronavirus has flared up and Melbourne is back to online auctions and one-on-one inspections. Here to discuss what the mood is like this time around for Melbourne buyers, sellers and agents is Domain Editor Emily Power. Emily, thank you for joining me again today. Thanks, Alice. I don't think we would have thought a few months ago that we would be back talking about lockdown 2.0 in the market, would we? Well, we very much hope we wouldn't, but yet here we are. So I was going to say what's the mood on the street, but I know that um, we're obviously locked down so we're not we're not privy to the mood on the street. Mm. But I know that you're incredibly well connected and at the coal face when it comes to hearing how people are responding. So what would you say the sentiment is out in Melbourne at the moment when it comes to property? Sentiment among sellers could take a little bit of improvement, I think. That's the issue that the industry is facing right now is a lack of stock. There are buyers whose incomes have not been too impacted by the lockdowns and are very much ready to transact. But I think the challenge for agents is about educating vendors and potential vendors, that there is a a market that is open for business and that properties are transacting really, really well. Uh, Domain Research House data shows that the clearance rate has been going up since April. And of the properties that have been sold online, the clearance rate is at 71%. Now, you'll see some numbers that are in the 40% range. That's because uh, properties that have been taken off the market end up filtering through as unsold. So that can pull down the clearance rate. But it goes Mm. to show that the properties that are going under the hammer online, buyers want to buy them. I mean, a seven out of 10 properties sold, that is a great result, pandemic or no pandemic. And is a lot of that though pent up demand from the restrictions being on place last time? Let's just go over what those restrictions are. We've reverted back to online auctions. So that wonderful Melbourne pastime of public auctions in the street has now been suppressed again, but they are taking place online. And the other lovely pastime for a lot of people is the Saturday morning ritual of walking through open homes. That's now been reverted back to private one-on-one only inspections. Is that correct? Correct. So it's deja vu for Victorian agents, (laughs) buyers and sellers, whereas the rest of Australia, well, in lockdown one, we were all in it together. This time, other markets have moved ahead with a you know, more normal methods going back to business. Agents have again had to, um, you know, pull out their contingency plans and enact them. But the good thing is they have done this before. And the first time around, we saw resiliency in the market, where, you know, a bit of sure footing despite the unprecedented circumstances. Same goes again. And agents that we're speaking to are saying that online auctions went so well for them the first time around that they'd like to keep them for the future. So I think it's almost another little bit of a practice run, getting the online auction format more deeply entrenched into their businesses and educating buyers and sellers about how it works because so far the feedback's been really good. So I think that's a positive that will linger long after this lockdown is over. M, is it correct to say that the clearance rate is actually quite strong at the moment because we have been here before? And as you said, we had a model that was ready to roll out. And I think that for obviously agents probably felt that. And I think that even buyers and sellers could see how properties continued to transact last time and then kind of know how to do this now. Is that part of what seems to be happening in the market at the moment? Indeed. That element of familiarity always instills confidence and that's a big thing that agents uh, need buyers and sellers to have is that confidence in the market. So first time around, online auctions were 
very successful. So the feedback via agents was that a lot of people really enjoyed that method and felt comfortable. Some even preferred it. So that will be something that will be carried forward. And and to put some context as well around the way the market is behaving. Even though we're in a period of time that we've never faced before, the market is behaving in a very familiar way. So the clearance rate was hovering around 50% uh, during the federal election of May last year. We've seen numbers similar to that around May as well of this year. So whilst we're, we're treading ground that we never have before, there are certainly many elements that agents have seen unfold before, that market experts have seen unfold before. So I think there's far more familiarity and certainty than we might see on surface value in this market. I do wonder this time it will be quite profoundly different though because the numbers of COVID-19 cases is so starkly different than what we had during that first wave and that first lockdown. Mm. And I wonder if that will impact confidence further going forward. Are agents talking about there is a shift in confidence of people sort of sitting on the fence and not quite sure which way to go at the moment, or are people still really acting quite boldly? Well, I think the momentum, certainly in that first wave of lockdown, the the hotspot suburbs that we called them at the time, did have a reverberation. So suburbs that were neighbouring those earlier, those first lot of suburbs, vendors and agents were thinking, do we hold our campaigns? You know, what is having a next door suburb to us lockdown going to mean for our campaign? And then about a week later, the rest of Melbourne joined them with more broad lockdowns and we were on to online auctions and to private sales. So confidence, I think, is also a slow burn with hurdles that have had to be cleared. First lockdown, second lockdown. Looking to the future, we then have adjustments to government assistance, to JobKeeper and JobSeeker that will come from September onwards. I think that will be a measure of confidence. Do people feel that there's light at the end of the tunnel for them work-wise? Do they feel financially secure enough? We know that when people are feeling a little unsettled financially, a big decision like a property transaction might be something that you just put on the back burner for the future. Confidence... It's very hard to measure, isn't it? We can measure it with data and then we can measure it in what we're hearing on the street. Agents are waiting to see what September holds before they can make a judgment on that. So I think we'll have a watching brief on that as well, Alice, journalistically as well in the market. Emily, how are stock levels looking? I know early on we were very challenged by lack of stock. How are they faring now? It's still a challenge to entice people to bring their properties to market. We are seeing great examples, though, where an agent has executed a really astute campaign. They've valued it just really to the sweet spot and that market has risen up to meet the vendor's expectations. But at the moment, the challenge is to have enough stock for people who who had plans. The first lockdown, they might have wanted to transact and couldn't. This time around, they're really itchy and hungry. They just want to get it done. And we're also coming to that point in the year where people are wanting to get school and other movements sorted out so that they can get their lives in order. So we're really hitting the crunch time now where agents would be hoping to see a lift in stock. At the moment, we're still hearing from them that they're very much uh, ready and able to take on more properties on their lists. 
I'm fascinated to watch what's going to happen this spring, knowing it's traditionally our biggest time of the year in terms of the selling season. That, you know, in my mind, I kept saying that I don't think we're going to think about seasonality, that I don't think that people will wait until spring to sell, etc. But perhaps that is what we're saying. We will see an uptick when the warmer months come. People do feel more confident. Look, time will tell and I'll be proven correct or incorrect. But um, either way, it's a certainly interesting time. And I think we cannot forget with those record low interest rates that there are a lot of people in that market who do want to make the best of those. Yeah, that's right. And uh, low listing levels have kept prices buoyant as well. That's meant Mm. that there are up to several buyers on a single property, which is, you know, when we talk about five or six bidders at an auction, we're talking boom periods from about three Mm. years ago. We're seeing a replication of that at the moment in the market, and that's because there's just not enough stock. So that's that's something there that those uh, vendors who are going to market can take away, that that they're likely to have good competition. I think September and uh, the adjustment to government financial assistance will again be uh, another reason for agents to get back around the table with their vendors and buyers and make another assessment. So there's, there's hurdles to come, certainly. Emily, some really interesting insights there. Thank you for sharing it with me and um, I look forward to talking with you again very soon. Thanks, Alice. Before I sign off, I wanted to let you know about why we've decided to create this podcast. We know that property can be complex, baffling, and incredibly confusing. And that's why we want to unpack with you issues that matter without all the jargon, so you can really understand how they're going to affect you. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you want answered, please email us at propertyunpacked@domain.com.au. Thanks, and talk to you next week. You've been listening to Property Unpacked, a podcast by Domain. If you like what you've heard, hit subscribe and look out for further episodes dropping every Thursday. Property Unpacked is hosted by me, Alice Stoltz. This episode was produced by Alexandra Spangaro, Stephen Claxton, with production support from Hayley Cools. For more property news, advice and market insights, head to domain.com.au. 